Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Hey, Coach Weaver, welcome back to the classroom. And uh, first of all, I just want to give a generic announcement to all of our mothers out there. Happy belated Mother's Day. Uh, if you're anything like my wife, and I, I don't post anything about my wife on social media. Sometimes I'll throw a family picture out there, but it's my social media. So that's me being a little bit selfish. Right. But like if I if I was going to post a picture of my wife for Mother's Day yesterday, it would be like the Elmer's glue bottle because she is the glue that keeps everything together. So I want to make sure that I give a, a special Mother's Day shout out to her and to all the moms out there doing what they do. Yeah, I'll echo that. Uh, I put mine yesterday as the goat. And my wife's like the goat. I was like, greatest of all time. Like, what do you, yeah, come on. And uh, I'm like you, like being a coach's wife is not easy. Uh, They say it's a special person to be a coach's wife. I think it's uh, also uh, a special person that takes to, to marry, to marry a wife that's going to be, you know, in that same, it's just a weird dynamic because we're, they're basically single parents from July to November. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even beyond that, and like, if there was a culture coordinator for our family, it is not me. Yeah. Like I'm, I might be bossing people around and doing other things, but my, my wife is the one who makes sure that the social emotional needs of our kids and our family are met. And I mean, you and I are in the same stage of life with young kids. It is not fun. It's not easy. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I just can't say enough about people out there, uh, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mess with her all the time. I was like, hey, you're the treasurer. I'm just the CEO of the corporation. <laughs> and she she handles all our finance stuff. Uh, that's just a little tongue-in-cheek thing that we have. Uh, so anyway, you see these these coolers behind me too? Holy cow. Getting ready for a golf tournament. Uh, there's nine Arctic coolers. So I wish we'd say we're being endorsed by Arctic. That'd be really cool to have a bunch <laughs> of coolers. But um, they're just they're chilling in my office right now. No, so lots of stuff happening. And uh, I think that leads us into today's conversation. I was reading a book last week and it kind of came out of it where um, it's a baseball book. So it's called The Shift. It's not anything that's my normal read or whatever. Just I like baseball. I like numbers. I like the the idea of theory, like the the numerics behind like statistics and theory. And that's all baseball. So for those of you, baseball, so you like Moneyball, the movie Moneyball? I- I do. And I like Billy ball and I like, I like all that stuff. Right. And uh, yeah, so it just came out of that, but it talks about a manager, you know, fans tune into a game Mm -hmm. and they'll watch and they'll be like, Oh, why did they pinch hit here in the sixth inning? Why didn't they, why didn't they bring this guy in? Why, why is this guy, why are they staying with the the starting pitcher? Why don't they go to the bullpen and bring in blah, blah, blah. And why so-and-so the closer. And I know you and I've talked about the fans, you know, making a lot of noise and as fans, we want to tune in. But here's the great part, and this was the author's argument, is the manager, the fan, thinks they watch the game for three hours and that that's enough, right? Hmm. And then whatever happens in the game, that determines what happens in the fan's life or the fan's mood or whatever. The manager, though, that three hours is kind of their break. Yeah, that's what everybody sees, but this author argues that a manager really manages 24 hours a day, and they're dealing with kids in their 20s and in their 30s that are homesick, that have all these issues. I mean, think about all the life that happens to you in your 20s. 
Most people get married. Most people buy a house. Most people are starting a career. Most people have all this stuff and no equipment. Like we are not mentally prepared for life in our 20s as it's happening to us. So the author argues that while the fans watch what happens during a game for three hours, the other 21 hours is what the manager has to deal with. They don't get a stop because the game's over. Their manager role doesn't stop. Uh, and then when you're a baseball team, you know, you're on the road and all that stuff. And, and you've got all these things to manage. So I think it's a really interesting idea yeah. that fans, we look at managing as babysitting, where you show up for a short period of time, you deal with whatever happens in a ball game, and then you go home and, and back about your regular day. Managers, though, are parents. For the 25 guys on a baseball roster, they are managing that constantly. Yeah, that's great. Uh, when you start putting it in the perspective of, is that look, we've all been, I don't know if you've ever babysat before, but you got this. Not well. No. And there's not much structure. Like the parents give you a list of what you need to do, but there's not much structure. There's um, a, normally a lot of bribing and candy eating. And if, like, if you do this, I'll give you this. And um, that's, Wow. I, when I start, when you introduced me to this with culture, like so many times that's, that's what the fans are. And that's what people see is the babysitting part of, because that's what you're paying for. That's what, you know, that's the entertainment piece that you see versus the other stuff that goes on behind the scenes is <laughs> that's the workload. Yeah. You know, that's what you and I talked about before we started recording. That's the pieces that we have to pick up as parents that the babysitter has messed up. For that three hours that we went on a date with my wife, I got to come back and they're jumping around because they're on a sugar high. Well, I have to manage that. Uh, another thing is the discipline part that you mentioned. Like, As a parent, you have to discipline. As a babysitter, you're just kind of there and you're typically 16, 17, 18 years old and they're going to pay you some money. So you're just there and you have this device and... You know, you're just there. Yeah, let's not go to the emergency room, right? Like, let's right. make sure that we can resolve conflict as quickly and as painlessly as possible that a 16, 17-year-old kid maybe knows how to do. But yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's an interesting analogy. And you bring up a great point where it's like, it's usually if then. So if you do all these things, then we'll go out to eat. Then we'll go to a movie. Then we'll right. all sit down and have popcorn and whatever else. Very transactional. So- you know, for babysitters, it's a transaction. I'm going to agree that you're going to watch my kids and, and take care of them for a couple hours while I go out. And then I'll come back and I'll pick up the pieces, whatever, whatever we deal with. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think of this in terms of culture, too. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, your culture, are you the babysitter or are you the parent? I, it's a mind shift because when I look at your ARB, there is no doubt that you are a parent of that organization. Right. Like you're the one getting old players together, connecting them with new players, giving them call signs, doing all the rituals, all the things that makes you their coach. You're the one mm -hmm. growing, leading, taking, you know, like just you have total ownership of that group. Yeah. And that, a lot of times we'll have like we're going through this right now with how how we're going to do some stuff with our team this year of we're going to have them spend the night at the school and. We're going to bring back dads and decals, which is amazing. Uh, we're going to do some other stuff, but 
you have to be the parent of that. You have to own it. You have to cultivate it. You have to know because people are going to look to you of like, what's next? What do I do next? How does this operate? And if you're the babysitter, as you said, you don't know. You're like, I'm just here for three hours. I don't, I don't really know the structure of your household. I don't really know the structure of your wide receiver group. I don't know the structure of the stone cutters. I don't, I'm not in that with them. I am. And I see it on Friday nights. I see it on social media. Um, but it's a, it's a due diligence. Uh, it's tough. It's hard. It's messy. It's easy. It's, it's all those things wrapped into one because, and we've said this before and I've said it before on previous podcasts about being intentional. It's the easiest word to say. And it's the hardest word to live out is you have to be intentional with your time. But when it, when it gets to the, I don't write a game day note or I don't give somebody a call sign or I, I don't get t-shirts or X, Y, Z. That's when I start being a babysitter and like, Oh, i I've formed this. It's good. It's here. And now it's just a resting piece for three hours at a game. And we take a picture on social media and everybody think, Oh, when, I mean, I was totally transparent. I think the beginning of season 10, like I, I was a babysitter some games. And then I was the parent some games um, to just some self-reflection on myself of as we end season 10, like full circle, like need to be more of a parent when it comes to owning your culture and you have to be the driver. Yeah. And I, I think there's a couple of traps to avoid too. Uh, I mean, you're a parent, I'm a parent, like no one's perfect, right? We, we have no idea how the fruits of our labor are going to play out over the coming years and decades, uh, which hopefully we're still around for, right? Like that's the other thing is that parenting can change in, in just a moment, but I've fallen into this trap as a teacher. And even with my own kids, like I've got three kids and none of them are the same. Like my mom, had three kids, you know, I was the oldest and she used to say, and I love this because it makes total sense to me, but she says that she has three only children. Like I don't have a good relationship with my brother and my sister today. Is it functional? Yeah. Do we see each other mm, once a decade, maybe once every, I just spent a little time with my brother. That was a nice little luxury uh, as we're getting older. But um, I, I think my mom is exactly right. She had three only children. We're all different. We're all in our own ways. And one of the mistakes we make as teachers and coaches and parents is to compare one child to another. And they're not, they're all different, right? Everybody in your ARB is different. The same way, if I'm a manager of a ball club, I might have guys that want to go out drink until five in the morning. And I might want to have guys that want to just get away and FaceTime with their family back at the hotel when we're on the road. Right. So I think that's the key when you're the parent is to know that everybody's different and then also know that it's okay to be different but then what's your plan to manage everybody? Yeah, because I think so many times, and I think old school coaching is square peg, round hole. And some of those people mold to the hole, but that you got to find the square peg that fits the square hole. And that that's where the intentional piece comes in. Like, I got to get to know my players. I got to know how they tick. Um, I got to know what buttons they have and then know what button to push, what, when. And then um, I heard this said at a conference, I think probably about a year and a half ago, said that um, don't let kids know that you have buttons. With the Pro Quick Draw and Quick Cut integration, you are able to seamlessly incorporate drawings, data, and video between the two platforms. Start by adding a PQD template, select plays from your library, then to access your Quick Cut media, select the Quick Cut Play Library button. 
From here, I can navigate my cutup and select the playlist that I want to use. You can choose whichever data you want to view, and then you can even sort and filter that within here. Next, I'm going to add a one-up to this diagram and hit the Add button. From here, I can double-click my video and drop in that cutup. And then if I wanted to, I could add another playlist, add another play, creating a new PowerPoint slide, and then I can simply double-click and add another piece of video. When ready to create your presentation, go up to the Quick Cut tab and choose Upload Playbook as New Playlist. Select the cutup folder that you would like to use, name your presentation, and hit Upload. When completed, open up Quick Cut. Navigate to the folder that you uploaded it to, and now you can see there's the generic PowerPoint slide, here's our one PQD slide, and there's the video. And I, I didn't like that because if we're going to be vulnerable and be in life with them and be a parent of our culture, they got to know we have buttons. Because this person was saying, like, you can't let them know have buttons because if you they know you don't have buttons, then they don't know which ones to push. I disagree. I think you have to be open and honest and um, transparent, not translucent with with kids that, you know, come from different backgrounds, like some that are very affluent families and some that are scraping by. Like you just got to got to meet them where they are and and love them. And. Like a kid that's had uh, going through a divorce, per se, I can't tell them like, hey, I know how you feel because I never experienced that. But I can be a ear to listen and I can help them through navigating the next step or whatever. I mean, find some help for them. I don't know. I just think being a parent of your culture is more than just, hey, I got a coach, 32 blast, and you got to hit this hole. And if you don't hit it hard enough, they're going to tackle you and you got to get tough. It's way more than that. Way yeah, that's a, that's a competency piece, right? Like as coaches, we have to be competent. But then the other piece is like, just be a good human, right? Like listening skills are valued in every culture around the world. In any job we're preparing kids for, and we just had career day uh, for our eighth graders last Friday here. And it's like our community partners came in and they they were presenting kids about what's your education level and, and how do you get hired and things like that. But listening skills are valued by everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of times, especially with those frustrated things, when your culture gets hard, we stop listening, right? Or we maybe we need to start listening when our culture gets hard. Or when our people are telling us things, we just need to go back to being a good human. Forget about the X's and O's and the technicality and all the competencies that make us good at what we do. Right. And just go back to your human skills. Yeah, our strength coach, George Adams, does a, a tremendous job with this with kids because he deals in the weight room. He deals with every sport, boys and girls, like he he's in them. And whenever they have a concern, he processes it. And to let them know that he is processing, he looks at him and goes, I hear you. And lets them know, like, I'm my voice is being heard. I mean, think about how many teenagers think that I'm not, I'm not getting heard and nobody's listening to me. I'm just 15, 16, 17 years old. What these are adults and they have it all together. They're they have all these things going in their head. When George goes, I hear you. Now he might not cater to what they said and have his own agenda of like, Hey, you need to do this, 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 this in the weight room or on the track or speed training or diet or nutrition or whatever. But his sounding thing is I hear you. And now I'm going to tell you, so just letting me know that you're heard. Uh, I think that's a powerful thing. Um, no, I, I think, 
as a parent, that's our goal, right? Is we want to hear our kids. We want to hear what we're doing. And um, I did a really cool activity. We're finishing the year. Uh, we got 10 days of school left. You know, I, I'm never going to be that person that counts down. I always count up. So this is day 171 of school here in Iowa. Um, I know our elementary teachers out there may appreciate celebrating the 100th day of school or whatever else. Uh, they make a big deal out of it. But we're on day 171 here. We have uh, nine days after today. And the pride, my pride pack, my win group, that's our homeroom. That's the people I spend the most time with. Uh, those are the people that I'm, I need to make a connection with. That's our priority. Like I've got 23 kids in my pride pack and it's my job to make a connection with them throughout the year, be their point person. We spend about two hours a day when you factor in class time. And then uh, we start our day, come back to the middle of the day with our pride pack. And I just challenged them today. Uh, it's a motivation Monday. That's how I run the culture of my classroom, my pride pack. Every day is themed. Uh, tomorrow's taking care of business Tuesday. So I pull back and we talk about their grades and things like that. So every day has its own structure. Well, on Motivation Monday, I just challenged my kids today. I was like, I want you to finish the sentence. I asked them to send me an email. And I said, I wish Mr. Tory knew dot, dot, dot. And my challenge to them was that I know them as people. I know who they are. They know me. We've spent 171 days together, you know, times three, it's about 500 hours together. We know each other. What I, my challenge was when they finished that sentence, I wanted them to tell me something that I didn't know or wouldn't have known had I not asked them that specific question. I'm writing this down right now because I'm stealing it for today. No, good. <laughs> real time. I wish Mr. Weaver knew dot, dot, dot. Yep. And you're going to get a variety of answers. I did in my 23 responses. Some kids said something silly. Some kids yeah. said things that aren't even true or that don't summarize them at all. And then the, the ones, though, that I thought were the most valuable were the kids that said, how much blah, blah, blah. I like coming to your class or how much you do, you know, just whatever. How much you've helped me mentally. How much you've, you've done for me just by giving me a break or how much I look forward to coming to your class. Things like that. Just. They're little warm, fuzzy, feel-good things, right? right. So when right. your culture is good, you're going to get some of that. Now, we also have to take that bowl of stuff, right, and deal with it too. But I think it's a great opportunity to look for red flags as well. Uh, so the warm fuzzies are good, but really it's about problem solving and, and troubleshooting and looking for those things that maybe you can be better at. Yeah, I think blind spots too. Um, yes. You mentioned, you know, Tim Kite says you need a truth teller and influencer in your life. I think you need to have somebody uh, to help you point out blind spots. And I think kids are the number one person that will point that out to you real quick. They will be honest and upfront uh, with zero tech. Like, hey, you messed up at this. This is this. Uh, my daughter is really good at that. Like, she remembers everything. And she goes, you didn't say it that way. I was like, you need to be a lawyer. I will help you do that. Legally Blonde 2.0. Here we come. Uh, so, that's really good when you start talking about the babysitter or the parent, when you start looking at a culture, um, you know, I think it's a great way to end season 10 too, with, with football Springs coming around the corner. A lot of coaches are looking for material to build up their summer speaking series, um, hashtags, you know, themes, all that stuff. Um, so that's a great question for, to pose our listeners, you know, are you being a parent with your culture or are you just a babysitter? And, uh, I think that was that's spot on today. 
And, and if you're looking for a role, right? If you're struggling with your role, like I've been there, I still struggle with my role on our team, uh, in our leadership, in with the players, with the other coaches that I deal with. Um, I think it's a great way to take ownership more of what you're doing. Like maybe you need to be more of a parent and less a babysitter, or maybe you need, maybe you've been a parent, maybe you need to be more of a babysitter for your own mental sanity, for your own mental health. Find your role. If you're struggling with that, I think it's a great question. Um, and then really know what you need to go to the wall for, right? Know what is really important to you and then become a parent. Yeah. That's the worst thing you want to do is shoot from the hip and knee-jerk reaction. We've all been there as parents, right? You say something, it's like a tube of toothpaste. You can't get it back in. You're like, instead of yeah. processing and thinking and knowing like, hey, what if I just would have paused and I have two ears and I just listen? And it goes back to your question that you asked. I wish Mr. Tory knew dot, dot, dot. And if you know some of those answers, that'll let you pause and reflect and be like, all right, they have this going on. So just a little bit, like we said, intentional. Got to be intentional with your time with those kids and how you're pouring into them. Um, so. Yeah, that concludes season 10. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find us on social media. Don't hesitate to, to reach out. Like Coach Weaver and I are not experts, but we we do study this. We live it. We are just like you, teachers and coaches. We are not looking to profit uh, monetarily off of this, but it's great to connect with other people that are maybe looking for guidance or uh, just even care about what we say. Sometimes that doesn't happen in my household. No one cares about what Mr. Tory <laughs> thinks, especially on day 171, right? Back. That is a fact. Well, uh, that'll do it for season 10. Be t- uh, be- stay tuned for season 11 as we get started with some guests coming in and some new content. Uh, thanks for watching and listening to The Culture Classroom.